0: And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
1: Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work every week of every year for over 20 years to get you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And tonight is a night for the note buyers, or the folks who want to be note buyers, the folks who've been thinking about being note buyers, or the folks who used to be note buyers, but like everyone else has complained about a lack of good assets to invest in over the last few years. We're going to talk about the future of note buying with Donna Bauer. But before we do, a quick announcement for everyone Everywhere in the country, tomorrow night is the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati's monthly online meeting. And if you're interested in short-term rentals, it's one that you might want to find a way to attend since it's on Zoom and all. The main meeting at 7.30 is a panel of folks who invest in short-term rentals all over the country, and they all have their kind of favorite way to do it we got one who only invests in resort properties. We've got a couple who only invest in properties in their own backyard. We've got one that invests in properties in several different cities. We've got one that does budget, one that does luxury, uh, one that doesn't even buy her short-term rentals. She just arbitrages them. She rents other people's rentals and then furnishes them and makes them into short-term rentals and takes out her profit in the in-between. So, There's probably a way there that you will like, and if nothing else, it will open up your eyes to the idea that there's lots of different ways to do this, and you could choose the one that you like best, our early meeting at 6 p.m. is all about how to hold, insure, and finance short-term rentals. So what are the best entities? What's the insurance like and what are some ways to get money for them? Or you can just, like, really pull out all the stops. Join us at 5.30 for open Q&A and networking. How do you get your link? Same way as always. Go to CincinnatiREIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. Click the calendar event, sign up, and you will be sent a Zoom link for tomorrow night's meeting. And now, uh, on to our regularly scheduled programming. I should let everybody know that, uh, if, if, you can't, if you can't already tell, I have a little bit of a cold today, and uh, i having occasional coughing fits, and sometimes my voice fails me. So, joining me here in the studio to pick up and co-host on his favorite topic is Matt Adams, a.k.a. The Smart Boy. Hello, Vina. <laughs> and so, if you if you if you hear his voice instead of mine, asking Donna some of these questions, and Matt, by the way, is a student of Donna, so he's very familiar with indeed her various opinions and offerings. But I think he's excited to hear what she thinks of the note market as it is about to probably drastically change. Uh, Donna is joining us from her home right here in Cincinnati. Donna, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
2: Thank
1: you, Vina, And hi, Matt. It's great to be with you. And great to have you here. Um, so, I guess, this was, this was a hard one to figure out how to start. <laughs> because, I
3: know. I know. Uh, on, the,
1: on the one hand, this wasn't, we weren't really intending for this show to cover like the basics of why are notes even an investment or, Um, you know, how, how does one go about investing in notes? So for, for folks who are only vaguely aware that there's a whole giant group of people that doesn't even own real estate and yet they're kind of invested in real estate through the notes and mortgages, I'm going to tell them you can backtrack on that topic by going to realliferealestate.com where all of our shows are archived and you can just type in that search box, Donna Bauer. Because (laughs) we've been on this show, I don't know, probably a dozen times in the last 20 years, talking more about the basic stuff. Today, we wanted to talk about some of the shocking stuff that's happening in the market, like the 0.75% interest rate hike at 2 o'clock this afternoon, and how that might affect how note buyers are going to do things going forward. So you have had—I'm um, just going to start saying for both of us—many years' experience <laughs> instead of putting a number yeah. on it. I'm going to say many years, decades, even of experience in the note market. You've seen recessions before. You—you you even back when you had started was first started investing in notes, interest rates were high, <laughs> and so you—you—you kind of have seen. You've been to this rodeo before. I think we actually need to start with why does it matter to the note business or note inventory when interest rates are high or when they're rising?
2: It is totally awesome for the note business. Like, I I feel bad because I see what's happening in the overall real estate market. But, then I don't mind telling people. I've been doing this for 35 years, and you're right when I started – Bank interest rates were at 18%. And so I've seen, I've seen this thing happen before and I gotta tell you, the most money that I've made are in markets just like this. Because the issue is with the bank mortgages. Their rates, shoot, they've already gone up 2% this year and now they're gonna go up again. And what happens is people cannot afford to get a bank loan to buy properties, uh, to buy a home. And so sellers now have fewer buyers, and if they wanna sell, guess what? They have to create a seller carry-back note. So we're gonna see a, a ton of seller carry-back notes created, and those people really don't wanna hold those notes for a length of time, so they're gonna season them three months, six months, a year, whatever, and then they're going to turn around and sell them. And that's where we can make a lot of money. But that is nothing compared to, I hate to say it, but the money that's going to be made on defaulted notes. Because with the rise in the interest rate, we're going to see a lot more foreclosures. And the defaulted notes, that's a whole different ballgame. So my advice to everybody that does notes is, Get your seat belt on and get ready for the ride because it's going to be awesome.
1: Very good. So uh, Mike is telling me we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to look at the other side of what might be going on, which is recession. Recession, how does that change the note market and the availability of notes in the market? If you have questions about notes, this would be the day to ask them. Donna is here in part to clear up any questions or concerns you have about the note buying business uh, now and going forward. You can call them at 877-772-9658 or you can send them via email to askvina at gmail.com welcome back to real life real estate investing i'm your host vena jones cox here with me in the studio to help co-interview the original note buyer donna bauer is matt adams and on the phone with us is donna bauer and we're talking today about i don't know the 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 future of notes like what's we've talked about for months now what's happening in the real estate market and how to deal with that. We haven't really tackled the note market. And I know lots of listeners have notes as part or all of their asset portfolios. So um Donna, before the break, we talked about rising interest rates, make it so that if sellers want to get their price, they have to carry financing on their own. Because I mean, the bottom line is, A $200,000 house at three and a half percent interest is way different in terms of the monthly payments than a $200,000 house at six and a half percent interest, which is where we're heading with consumer interest rates. So, you know, if I, if I, if I need to get $200,000 for my house, I'm not willing to take a discount so that the buyer can afford the payment. I can still sell it for 200. I just have to carry financing at a rate that that buyer can Afford, because Americans buy houses based on their monthly payments. They don't, they don't actually buy them based on the price of the house. So you, you have said in these, uh, high and rising interest rate markets that there are more seller held notes available for sale. And of course, sellers are the most likely to want to sell their notes. And also that in, uh, recessions that we get many more defaulted notes on the market, which is something that uh, some people specialize in. They right. they they love they love buying defaulted notes because they can be bought at a deep discount and also because there are multiple options other than foreclosure, right?
2: Right, exactly. Um, after nine eleven, uh, when we really saw a recession. I focused almost completely on non-performing notes for a good five years or more. I mean, I had a whole team of people, and it was nothing to have a pipeline of 50 non-performing notes at a time. Um, And that was, of course, when we were doing lots of short sales and we'd convert them into – I actually spearheaded educating lenders that, hey, why don't you sell us the note? And so then in in 2007 and 2008 – they realized that investors were a major uh, resource for them, that they had all these non-performing notes and private investors would buy those non-performing notes. And so that's where we are today. So as banks are facing uh, a huge inventory of non-performing notes, you wanna be there and calling these banks and saying, hey, you know, have any non-performing notes you wanna get rid of? And if, if you will be able to buy them at a significant discount because it's it's to the bank's advantage to get them off their books. And it's that discount that creates such a wonderful opportunity. And then there are so many different things, exit strategies that you can use with a non-performing note. You can use the note to get the property. You can modify the note and keep it in place. If you have to, you can foreclose. Rarely do you really have to do that because usually you can get a deed in lieu of foreclosure. I mean, we're going into a lot of stuff there, and I'm throwing it all out there on the table really quick. (laughs) But um, that's why people like non-performing notes. There are so many opportunities. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: it's not that there haven't been non-performing notes available for sale in the last, let's say, five to seven years. It's that they've been priced in a way <laughs> that nobody wants to buy them. Nobody wants to buy them. So, like, so, so, just to uh, you know, make up numbers and throw out an example. Maybe there's a non-performing first mortgage, the balance of which is two hundred thousand dollars. In other words, it would be two hundred thousand dollars if the if the guy won the lottery and just wanted to pay the note off. Two hundred thousand dollars would pay it off. And in the in two thousand seven, you could buy that note for forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. In 2020, they might be asking like 180 for that, which, (laughs) which given the, given the fact that you're buying a note that, I mean, non-performing means there's no return coming in. You got to do some work to get the, to get the return to come in. Uh, that just felt like a really, those, those prices felt really high to defaulted note investors.
2: The profit is not worth the risk.
1: Right. And, you know, it's always everything's supply and demand, right? Why do we have a housing shortage? There's not enough supply and there's too much demand. Why were defaulted notes post uh, priced so high? Because there wasn't very much supply and there was a lot of demand. When the supply increases, that, that, that usually is uh, coinciding with a soft real estate market, which means maybe the house isn't worth as much as it was when they took this loan out. And so also demand goes down. Supply goes up, demand goes down. Things get cheaper. That's that's how it is right yeah so uh let's see next up matt has a question for you okay except he's been because he's millennial he's actually been like like going through his cell phone like just looking at stuff and now he
4: even though he knew this was his question he's totally not ready to ask i'm researching the mortgage market (laughs) as we speak (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in fact my question concerns that. Donna, what signs do you uh see in the market or are your students seeing in the market now that it's already changing and that people are being impacted by the uh the things that are happening in the real estate market and in the market for mortgages?
2: In the last month or two I have seen an increase of people contacting me to sell their existing uh seller carry back notes. Mm-hmm. But for me, personally, the big sign was Friday when mortgage-backed securities went no bid. That means, globally, no one wanted to buy mortgage-backed securities, which are mortgage bank mortgages. Nobody wanted to buy bank mortgages. And when I saw that happen, I went, oh, my gosh. We're about to make a ton of money. I mean, I also went oh no i mean it's like the double edged sword you know uh on on one hand you hate to see a huge correction in the real estate market but the thing is if you're doing notes that's how you make money and mm-hmm. you make the most money when the market is correcting so for me that was a huge sign and i i mean but i've also seen it in the last couple months just in 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 the now with people Sending me uh, requesting quotes
3: on their seller carrybacks, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and I saw a statistic, and I, I I'm not going to quote it because I I don't remember exactly what it was, but that the um, applications for adjustable rate mortgages when was the last time you heard those words all put together adjustable rate mortgages. I know I don't think I've seen an adjustable rate mortgage since about 2010. Not not that they didn't exist, mm-hmm. but but like nobody was talking about it because nobody was getting them. The right. applications for adjustable rate mortgages had, had gone up by some stupendous amount since the last, uh, Fed interest rate hike of a half a percent. And, uh, that's, you know, that's a short, that's a short-term solution for a home buyer. I can get a lower rate right now with this adjustable rate mortgage, but it also puts us back on the path to a lot of defaulted mortgages as interest rates continue to climb, because at some point, the payment on that mortgage is going to rise faster than the salary of the person who's trying to pay it.
2: I I get you are correct. And I get that people will do an adjustable rate if they plan on flipping the house and they're only going to hold it for a short time. But I sure wouldn't want to be holding an adjustable rate mortgage right now, making payments on it. There's no way.
1: Yes, very, very true. Um, I think we've got some questions coming in from listeners. Uh, Matt, if you could monitor those and let us know if there's any that we need to ask Donna, because I'm trying to watch the questions
4: that I have to ask her. Denise asks, what is the best way for a new node investor to get started?
2: Am I allowed to say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let, let's, let's say to Denise, let's say to Denise, uh, Donna is going to be at the, uh, 2022 National Real Estate Strategy Summit here in Ohio, in Cincinnati specifically, on November the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. And I think you should maybe put that on your calendar and uh you know get your plane tickets now before the prices go up uh and get out here to cincinnati cuz uh with donna there that means there's going to be a bunch of note investors there because note investors follow donna around like you know little ducklings after the mama duck and that'll be a good with place
3: good
1: <laughs> that'll be a good place to uh not only meet donna and hear what she has to say but also to spend four days talking to other note investors about how they got started and about what their challenges were and how they overcame them. So you don't have to like face the same ones. (laughs) You can just like do what other people did to overcome them and not have to go through it yourself. So, uh, that would be what I would say. And also you might want to check the, uh, archives at real life, real and listen to Donna's other interviews on getting started in note investing and the basics of note investing and, Investing in seller-held notes, and she's done. She's done quite a few.
4: And you've interviewed some of her successful.
1: Interviewed students. some of her successful students as well. So, um, if I were starting, 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 I would start with Donna and a place that I know for
4: sure she's going to be is in Cincinnati on November third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Definitely recommended. Jim asked Donna if she he would change her current approach to marketing, considering the flux that's happening in the market that she just talked about.
1: Uh, And that's uh, okay. Let's back up a second, Donna, before you before you get to his question about how you would change your marketing. Do you even do marketing?
2: (laughs) Um, I don't personally do marketing because I don't need to anymore. Um, People um, get to me by my website. The fact is that networking is the best marketing you can do, and if you've done enough networking. You build up a reputation, and people just automatically call you. Well, let's let's
1: assume let's assume that Jim has not been circling the globe teaching people how to buy notes for thirty years, (laughs) and doesn't (laughs) doesn't have that. I don't
2: want to misrepresent
1: that 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 basically (laughs) basically in the note world you don't even have a last name. People just say people just say, "Well, I learned from Donna." And yeah. every, everyone knows who they're talking about. That you, does
4: tend to help with your referrals.
1: When you say that. Um,
2: exactly. You're,
1: you, do, you do recommend to your students that they do marketing, though.
2: Absolutely. And uh, one of the most popular ways, if you want to do the seller carryback notes, the performing seller carryback notes, you can buy a list of people who are holding notes. And then I have certain types of letters and postcards that I recommend sending. And that's how I would say the majority of my students get a lot of their business. Um, They also network at the local RIA meetings or on the exchange uh, um, sessions that, you know, just like you guys have on Friday morning. I've seen lots of uh, notes sold sold there. Um, So, yes, you definitely want to be marketing. Now, the thing that I would change based on what's happening right now I would change the marketing to educate sellers on how to sell their property quickly when buyers can't afford a bank loan Mm. because they don't even realize that they can carry back a note. And more importantly, they don't realize that if they do provide financing that six months to a year later, they can turn around and cash out of that. And so I'm going to start working with my students to get them to change the type of marketing they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically, you're going to encourage people to encourage sellers to create notes that they can buy.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah. Interesting. I mean, I,
2: it, it's a win-win. It is absolutely a win-win because they, they don't know what to do. They've got potential buyers, but the buyers can't afford the house payment. Do you know that just since January, the average home price in the United States on a 30-year fixed, the monthly payment has jumped by $600 just since January, and $65 of that is since last Friday. Mm. I mean, that really affects whether somebody can buy your house or not. And so people, most sellers don't have any idea. That they could say, hey, I'll be the bank. You can pay me over the next 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. And, and then they carry back the note that people are making payments after the buyer has made payments for six to 12 months. Now we know that they pay on time. And that's when that note becomes valuable. And that's where I would step in and buy that note at a discount. Mm-hmm. And, and the people are thrilled because they weren't able to sell their house. They couldn't have dropped the price of the house if they they would have had to drop the price of the house way more than they would have to drop or, or way more than the discount they'd have to take on a note.
3: Yeah, because so this is
2: a
1: per per you know standard bank uh, qualification numbers to pay an extra six hundred dollars a month for that house you want, you have to be making an extra eighteen hundred dollars a month.
2: Mm -hmm. And And how many people can do
1: that? Yeah. And how many people even have the expectation that they're going to get an $1,800 a month raise anytime soon. So, yeah, interesting time to be in the note market. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Donna's predictions for defaulted notes, performing notes, seller finance notes, and how she's going to change her own tactics. We're going to talk also about any questions y'all have, which you can call in at 877-772-9658. Again, 877-772-9658. Or you can send them via email to Vina. that's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A, at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My co-host today, given the iffy state of my voice and whether I'm going to suddenly have a coughing fit, don't worry, I already tested, I don't have COVID, it's a cold, is Matt Adams. And we're talking today to Donna Bauer about the future of the note market. And uh, I was just scanning the listener emails and uh, Hez from Washington told me to stay healthy, and then asked me how I managed to get a cold when we're in the middle of a heat wave. I don't know, Hez. I don't like it any more than you do. Probably less. So we'll keep an eye out for your questions at askvina at gmail.com, or again, you can call them in at 877 9658 um Donna I do have a question here that I think we need to tackle from Madeline Okay Madeline says How do rising interest rates make me think about notes I might already own I bought some a few years ago that looked great at 9% and now when inflation is at 12%, I'm wondering if it's time to sell and go buy something at a bigger discount.
2: That's not what I would do. Um, I will tell you that. Um, It kind of bothers me that a lot of people, they feel like they need to sell. No offense to you, Madeline, whatsoever. Um, But what, what they don't realize is I might buy a note at a 9% yield. Now, I'm talking about if you've bought a discounted note. If you have lent money at 9%, you might want to consider doing something different. But if you're buying a discounted note, I don't care what kind of market it is, the fact is most notes pay off early. And if, if you have seen my presentation at all you'll know one of my favorite ways of getting high returns is simply to encourage an early payoff. And I will tell you, I have one investor, I bet you we've done seven or eight notes, and every one of them have paid off early. And when they pay off early, when you have bought the note at a discount, your rate of return goes up. I'm, I'm almost afraid to say this, Bina, because people will think that it's too good to be true, but it is not unusual for me to get 50, 60, 70% returns on my notes. Now I will, I will acknowledge that not all of them pay off, but there are so many that do pay off early that the money that I make on those, the rates of return more than makes up for the ones that don't pay off early. And unless you think, I mean, if you think, Inflation is going to go that high, then you know maybe you should be investing in something else, but like what it, I mean you you want to buy silver, silver's not going to give you a monthly payment. so I mean, if you're going to invest in anything besides notes, I would say commodities, but how big of a storage has to have, you know? <laughs> or, like to me, or you could put it all in the, the stock
1: market because that's doing great
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But so for me, even though there are a lot of uncertainty uncertainties, just like Dina was saying, I I've been in, in this market for thirty five years. I've seen the ups, I've seen the downs, and notes have never failed me. And I have found that I always make a lot more money in the down markets than I do in the top markets. And so I if you if you bought the note and discounted and at a, a yield of 9%. No, I would not sell it. I would try to encourage an early payoff.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I would take your money, and I'd buy more discounted notes.
1: So messaging the borrower and saying, uh, did you notice interest rates keep going up? This might be a good time to refinance before they go up anymore. Is sort of your thought about that?
2: If you can afford the rate now, refinance before it keeps going up, yes. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
4: Donna, do you think um, in in the upcoming change in market conditions that there may be more properties seller finance that are traditionally more difficult to finance uh, institutionally, like uh, land, manufactured homes on land, some commercial properties? And do you think that that may increase in opportunity, especially if we go into a, a sustained period of higher interest rates and or cyclical uh, uh, recession?
2: I think those properties are always there, because how else are people going to to sell them if Mm -hmm. you can't get a bank loan on them? Um, I love those kind of deals, um, primarily because there are a lot of unconventional real estate-secured notes um, that are great deals that don't fit into the bank mold. And so I love to look at those. Because I can get very nice discounts on them, high rates of return. I'm not sure that there are going to be more of those, because I think there's always a lot of those. Because if you want to sell those, you're going to have to use a seller carry back note. But I'm not sure that there would be more of them, Give us but uh, I would still be buying them.
1: Give us some examples of, of non-traditional Security, in other words, <clears throat> notes that you bought where the the security wasn't something that the normal investor would be like, oh yeah, that's uh definitely something I'd buy.
2: Okay, uh, a a lot that has two or three houses on it. Oh um, yeah, the those. same, same <laughs> lot. Oh okay. yeah, um, a mixed use building where you might have a storefront on the first floor and then apartments on the upper floors. Mm-hmm. Um that 's a big one mm-hmm. um, any of the non traditional commercial properties like car washes and stuff like that those are very difficult uh, a lot of times to get refinanced
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so and i 've got some very good discounts on car washes
3: uh-huh. um,
2: as, as a matter of fact um those are the ones that come to mind off the top of my head. Yeah, we we but have any-
1: a we have a friend in common who actually bought a uh, defaulted mortgage on a strip center, one of the ones that's like not big enough to really be a mall, <laughs> but you know, four or five stores. You know, you've seen you've seen them right. everywhere, and uh, uh, made a fortune on it. I mean, bought the <laughs> bought the bought the strip, bought bought the, mor- bought the got the defaulted mortgage for pennies on the dollar. Uh, got it in loo and then just re the strip mall and sold it for like twice as much as he had in it.
2: That's awesome. Totally awesome. There are definitely great deals out there. And, you know, I was talking about that. You know, what would I do? I'll increase my, uh, I'll tell my students increase their marketing for seller carrybacks. But personally, I am getting ready to really take on a lot more non performing notes. I have not been doing non performing notes in the last, you know, 10 years or so, I I will do them. If if I get word of a non-performing note that's in the area where I have rental properties where I want to get the deed, yes, I would buy those, and I have bought those uh, in the last few years, but that's not the norm, and I will go back to marketing uh, for non-performing notes. Mm -hmm. That will be a big change for me.
1: Excellent. A question from David. He says, Donna mentioned the idea of repositioning sellers to create a note To purchase, is Donna looking to purchase these notes at current rates or newer loans? Buying at par, and if the market value of the property decreases, okay. Let me try and that was that sounds a little confusing to me. I think what he's asking is if the seller is is uh, taking back a two hundred thousand dollar loan at seven percent or six percent because interest rates are six and a half, and that's what his buyer can afford. Are you buying it at the face value of $200,000, or are you buying it at a lower price, both to get a higher return and because that market value of that property might go down?
2: Okay, great question, and very much a compound question. First of all, I never buy a note at par. Maybe never is too strong of a word. There could be a reason why I might, but... The money to be made is made in the discount. Okay. And, and especially in today's market, I would not be paying par. There's no way that I would buy a note that for par that is originated today at 6%, 7%, whatever it is. I, there, I just would not do it. But it's not just because of the money. It's more because of the safety. What one of the great things about buying existing seller carry back notes is that you control the safety of the investment. For example, let's say you have somebody uh, has a $100,000 note and you can buy that. Uh, let's just make it real simple. Let, let's say there's no down payment, $100,000 property, $100,000 note, and you could buy that note uh, for $75,000. Or let, let's property, let's make it a $75,000 note, and you can buy the note for $50,000, $25,000 discount. Do you see that the market could drop by $50,000, and you still would, if you took that property back, you could still sell it and get your entire $50,000 back?
1: Or you could rent it and make money on it that way.
2: (laughs) Yes, you absolutely could. You absolutely could. And it could drop twenty five percent, and you would still get your seventy five thousand that you originally wanted, uh, you know, expected to get.
1: Or, but, you, or you could rent it for a few years and wait for the market to come back, and then sell it for even more money. I mean, there's, there's or you also, could
4: sell or finance it again and create a new performing note. I, mean, I think we could do this for a while because we've learned from Don. I, I
2: know, <laughs> I know. I mean, there, there's all kinds of options. I was simplifying it to show that the safety lies in the discount. And so, particularly when the market's going the wrong direction, you want to buy at a greater discount. So, I absolutely would not be buying at par right now.
1: Excellent. All right, Donna, the, the, the inbox continues to fill up with questions, but we need to take another quick break. If you have any last minute questions for Donna, you better send them by email. I'm not sure we're going to be able to get to the phones at this point. Uh, the email is askvina@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're going to go straight to the phones and talk to SK is the name I have up here in Colorado. SK, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Thank
2: you. I have a really terrible internet connection. I just wanted to know if Donna had any suggestions for getting started as a seller carryback buyer if you don't have a lot of money or a lot of you haven't
0: done a lot of networking
2: in that area.
1: Okay, so so you want to buy properties with seller carrybacks, or you want to buy notes from sellers who've already done that?
2: I want I want to buy notes and and figure out how to educate people that they can do that as an option instead of losing their home to foreclosure. Or okay.
1: All right. Excellent. Um, Donna, so the question to you is if she wants to get started in buying seller carry back notes, where would would be like the first direction you would point her?
2: Well, she said a key thing without any money. Mm -hmm. And that is one of my favorite things to do because, as you know my story, when I started 35 years ago, I was babysitting nine kids for a dollar an hour. And the last thing I had was money to buy a note. So uh, what I teach you to do is to market for the seller carrybacks. And when you find one, you get it under contract and you're gonna buy low, you're gonna sell high, and you will make money by selling that note to a private investor who does have cash. You do that over and over again, and it's not long before you have enough cash to be the end buyer. and and so and and the more of those that you do the more familiar familiar you are with the jargon with the whole process of how to evaluate a note what makes a good note that kind of thing so then you will be able to go out and talk to sellers and say hey did you know that if you put it for sale by owner owner will carry that kind of thing that um seller financing available that if you would carry back that note and we call it seasoning it it means collect payments for a period of time so that we can prove that they have the ability to pay then you tell them i will buy that note i will cash you out now i can't give you the full amount that's owed but i will give you as much as possible based on the value of it Mm
1: -hmm hmm And, SK, if you're worried because you said you, you don't have a big network, if you're worried about, well, okay, great, I've got one under contract, who am I going to sell it to? I know this is radio, and you can't see this, but I would like everyone who is on this show right now who would be interested in buying a good seller carryback note to raise their hand. All right, you're not seeing this, but all three of us just raised our hands. Matt, Donna, and myself all just raised our hands. There are tons of buyers for good... High returning seller carry back notes. Uh, any RIA group will probably be full of them. Uh, of course, you know, Cincinnati RIA has its Friday morning haves and wants meetings, and man, you come on there and offer something like that, and it's a good deal. People
4: will snatch it up. Per Donna's advice, I actually once a few years ago stood up in front of a RIA group I had never been to before in Missouri, explained that I buy notes. And without any money of my own, was able to make a good deal that I believe you may have ended up making some money on Vina, or yes. at least one of your self-directed accounts. Yes. And just like Donna said, it paid off early and provided a spectacular return.
1: Yeah, because the first people who are going to who are going to start selling with seller carrybacks, honestly, is the real estate investors because they already know how to do it. Like that's it, right. Like every real estate investor who's been around for more than a year or two knows how to sell with seller carry-back notes, and if they have a rehab property that they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't sell this for what I have in it, they're going to be the first ones to carry back seller financing. So starting in REIA groups is a really great place to be. Um It is a great place ahead.
2: to be. Excuse me for interrupting, Vina, But it's good not only for people holding those, but also for your investors to sell the notes to. Mm-hmm. So it it works both sides. I mean, if you want to be in the note business, you need to be at the RIA meetings. Mm -hmm. I started at Cincinnati RIA. The second note that I bought was an investor who had a rental property and carried back a note. Um, People think that you have to have a huge network of buyers. I had four or five investors from the Cincinnati RIA group, and that was all I needed because the notes keep paying off, and they come back, and they want more. And they're so excited about the returns they get that they tell their brother, their sister, you know. And so people have this misconception that you need a huge network of buyers. You don't. You need to be at the RIA Groups, and you will meet all kinds of people that want your notes.
1: So thank you very much for your question, SK. That was a good one. Lots of people uh, starting in the note business, of course. Probably more people starting than are in it currently. Uh, So, Donna, we need to move on to some predictions here and listen we're just going to disclaim right now nobody's got a crystal ball <laughs> um we we the the big wild card in any any predictions anybody ever makes about any financial market is what does the government do you know exactly. if 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 yeah. If the government intervenes with bunches of money or bunches of restrictions or something like that, you know, all bets are off. So don't, you know, don't go out and plan your entire investing world for the next couple of years about what Donna's gonna, gonna say. But what are your predictions about performing bank held notes? Are there going to be more available in the future than there have been in the recent past? Are they going to get cheaper?
2: I honestly, Rarely buy a bank performing note because the majority of those are sold to huge hedge hedge funds. Except when they so, don't get a bid. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Too. That's true too. So, in that regard, you look at the no no bid mortgage backed securities. My answer on that would be yes. There will be a lot more of them, and they will be sold at a discount.
1: Yeah, and well, in that package that didn't sell on Friday, will eventually sell. It just won't sell at their current asking price. I think what, I think what, right. I, I don't know who offered that package, but what they got told was, we ain't interested at in that return. At some return. There were,
2: there were some buyers, but they wanted at a premium, a penalty, a discount. And they said no, they wouldn't do that. But let that just sink in and they will be doing it. You know?
3: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Okay, so seller finance notes. you've already said you believe that there will be many more available in the future and that's based on the fact that when you entered the market uh, back in the 80s, there were tons available because we were we were you know kind of in and coming out of a period just like this one where interest yeah. rates were really high. Uh, because there will be so many more, do you think they will be able to be bought at bigger discounts?
2: Hmm. Um, I think they will be bought at bigger discounts because of the uncertainty of the future. Mm. Okay. Um, that, that is why I think that we will be buying at bigger discounts. But that being said, it really totally depends on how it was originated. If the people got a large down payment and there's already equity in the deal, you know, how strong is the buyer? Uh, what are the terms of the note? Is it a 30-year or is it a five or ten year? So when we evaluate a note, we look at the the note, the payor, and the equity. And so, depending on how that all shakes out, um, we will take our discount accordingly. But on the note that I would buy at a ninety percent discount today, or uh, you know a month ago or six months ago, I'm probably going to pay a lot less than that today
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. just because of the uncertainty of the market
1: all right that is all we have time for donna appreciate your experienced look into the future it's always it's always funny when people who've been, th- been through this in the past say this is what i think is going to happen I, I tend to believe it because they've seen it happen before so we look forward to seeing you at the 2022 national real estate summit Coming up November third through sixth in Cincinnati, and we also look forward to being able to tell listeners more about that coming up really soon. Uh, also, listeners, don't forget tomorrow night's Cincinnati RIA meeting online. It's all about short-term rentals, and you can get your link to join in on that at cincinnatiria.com. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.